Over the weekend, I had the Popeye's chicken sandwich. This was the second time I had the sandwich, and I opted for the spicy version this time around. Uh, I had the original chicken sandwich, uh, I want to say four, three to four months ago, and I was thoroughly impressed. I sat in my car, I ate the sandwich because I didn't want to wait till I get home, until I got home, because I wanted to eat it when it was hot and, and it was fresh. Like That's the optimal time where if you're going to get the sandwich and you're going to eat the sandwich, you might as well just eat it in your car. Uh, so I ate it in my car. I, I made a little three-minute review on my phone, and I think I gave it like a, a seven and a half or an eight out of ten. It it is really good. Uh, and at that point, I waited in line for like forty-five minutes to get it. Um, this time around, I ordered it ahead of time and got it within ten minutes of ordering, which was awesome. So I thought that this spicy chicken sandwich was basically going to be like dipped in a buffalo sauce. I didn't know that it is spicy because it's like a spicy mayo that is on the top and bottom buns of the sandwich. And it was really good. Like, I think this one was the spicy chicken sandwich is light years better than the regular chicken sandwich, which is crazy because it's the same bread, it's the same buns, same chicken, same everything. And by the way, like, I don't know about you guys, but wh- where have you seen like a better looking piece of chicken and and it's hard to cook chicken and this is this is a bit of a tangent here it's it's tough to cook chicken breast uh and where you don't dry it out and for some odd reason Popeyes just like that doesn't exist that's not in their dictionary they don't know what dry chicken even is they've never come across it it that piece of chicken in the Popeyes chicken sandwich is like the juiciest chicken that you've ever had in your life. And I know that I've been rambling and I'm already two minutes in talking about the Popeye's chicken sandwich, but it's really sincerely that worthy of discussion. And if you still haven't hopped on the wave, if you haven't tried it, go out and try it and get the spicy chicken sandwich. I promise you it's not that spicy. It's amazing. Welcome to Motor City Hardball, presented by Blue Wire Hustle. On today's episode, either do the sweeping or get swept. Well, it was a 10-game road trip that the Tigers might want to forget. Uh, Not necessarily the greatest of weeks to consider yourself a Tigers fan, Uh, The Tigers go to Cleveland, they get swept in a three-game series. The Tigers go to Houston, they sweep the Astros in a three-game series. And the Tigers finish this road trip in Oakland and get swept in four straight games. In two of those games, they didn't score a single run, uh, to no one's surprise. Uh, But each three of those series uh, has their own unique story to tell. Uh, If you start with the Cleveland series, the Tigers did not look great at all. Uh, pitching was getting roughed up. Um, the offense was, there was little to none. Uh, and, and Wilson Ramos at the end of that series basically came forward and said, look, you know, there, there needs to be a, a change of dynamic uh, in, in, the, in, you know, in this locker room right now and, and with this team. Um, the Tigers, they, they got off to a strong start, uh, but the way they looked in, in Cleveland was not great. So maybe Wilson Ramos's words uh, did bring a little light to this team. Uh, In Houston, the Tigers go on to sweep them in a three-game series. This was a big deal for several reasons. 
Uh, one, it was A.J. Hinch's uh, inevitable return back to Houston uh, to a city and a team where he led to a World Series only a handful of years ago. Uh, for him, I'm sure it was a, a huge deal. And, you know, it's it's sort of bittersweet for him because, well, we know what happened with the whole cheating scandal and he was let go and suspended for a year. And uh, to be in the, the away team dugout uh, in Houston for him must have been something something else. Uh, but you have that, and then you have Casey Mize looking like the the guy that the Tigers and Tigers fans uh, have been waiting for and hoping for to really get out of um, from Casey Mize. It was his first career Major League win, and he looked unhittable. I mean, this guy was lights out, and uh, he, you know he he had to he had to work around a, a couple of rough first innings but after that I mean he pitched into the seventh inning and and was great uh and showed us you know some of the potential that he has uh so we take away three games from Houston and then we go to Oakland which in years past I mean the Tigers it seems like they always played the A's in the playoffs and they were always five game series always went to a game five but the Tigers always walked away with a win and granted uh these this was the days before COVID so when the Tigers used to play in Oakland, I would hate it because their fan base, they would be so loud and so obnoxious. And it was like that just – I always felt that that really got into the Tigers' heads when we would play on the road in Oakland. Like any other team, like whatever. But for some reason, playing Oakland, it was always difficult. So was I surprised that the Tigers got swept in four games? No. Uh, but to not score a single run – in, in two of those four games, let alone halfway through the third game of that series, was tough to watch. Although Jose Urena looked pretty good uh, on the mound. He pitched into the seventh inning. But unfortunately, the Tigers' bats just couldn't get going. So where do we stand? Where do things stand? Uh, currently, today is Tuesday. It is a day off. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates are in town, as well as the Chicago Cubs and the New York Yankees. Uh, if I told you that two out of those three teams were struggling you would probably say that one of those is the Pirates. Um, truthfully, that's not really the case. Uh, between the Yankees and the Cubs, they are not playing uh, up to standards by any means. The Yankees are in last place. They're 5-10 and 10 right now, and they look atrocious. Actually, I didn't, even, I didn't even know this happened. I was on, I don't remember how I saw it. Maybe it was like Twitter or Facebook or something. But the Yankees were playing the Rays, and they were down, I think, 8-2 to two in the eighth inning. And Yankees fans were throwing balls and like a whole bunch of crap out onto the field. They so it was such a so problematic that they they the umpires came on the field and 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 told all the players to come off the field and they completely stopped the game. I mean, how ridiculous is that? That's a horrible look. And I get that it's New York, and it's the Yankees, and Yankees fans are and New York people are just something else. But like that's so over the top. I mean, it's so early into the season. Like, this isn't, by any means, is this a telltale sign of what's to come for any team. Uh, just, I don't know, um, unbelievable. I was I couldn't believe when I saw that. Uh, and then you had, it was actually a very interesting week in baseball. Uh, you had the no-hitters from Joe Musgrove uh, and Carlos, as well as Carlos Rodon. Uh, big story there was Robert, Roberto Perez, uh, which I, I was watching that live, um, the, the, final, the ninth inning of that no-hitter. And if anyone was going to break up that no-hitter, or perfect game, actually. It was a perfect game. Uh, if anyone was going to break it up, it would have been Roberto Perez. 
uh, he just crushed the Tigers uh, in both series so far this season, and he's you know one of the most potent bats offensively in that lineup. Uh, he gets hit on the toe of a of a slider from Rodon. It appeared that he totally could have jumped out of the way, uh, but instead he just let it hit him, and that broke up the perfect game. Uh, it still ended up being a no-hitter for Carlos Rodon. Um, great story, though. He went through Tommy John, a couple different surgeries. He's been out for the uh, past couple seasons. So uh, just just you know, a, a heartwarming story for the White Sox and as well as Carlos Rodon, who looked really good. I mean, granted, Cleveland's offense is not what it used to be, but, man, he was carving up those hitters left and right. He, his stuff looked really good. Uh, and then you had the arguably the most – uh, watched the most anticipated series so far. It is really the the best series in all of baseball right now, uh, if you ask me. The Dodgers and Padres. Uh, the Dodgers took two out of three from the Padres. Uh, we're gonna get dive into that a little bit more later in the show, but um, some great baseball there uh, over the weekend, and uh, definitely exciting baseball to watch. I won't lie when I say that I watched. Uh, the game on Sunday, the Dodgers and Padres game, uh, while the Tigers game was on. I, there was just, I mean, the Tigers finally scored two runs, but I was like, you know what? This Dodgers and Padres series is awesome. I got to watch this. So there's some pretty big news surrounding former Detroit Tiger Nicholas Castellanos. Basically, he was involved in a quote-unquote benches clearing brawl uh, from opening week a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Reds were playing the Cardinals and Castellanos. Basically what happened was he slid in the home plate and stood up and just like screamed and flexed against the Cardinals pitcher Jake Woodford. Uh, so basically picture, he. I mean like he was basically just like, fuck yeah. Like that was what he did. Like, he was hyped up, he scored, and I guess uh, Jake Woodford, he had hit him with a pitch earlier um, in that game. And then when Cassiano scored, he, you know, just gets in ahead of the tag, stands up, and immediately just, like, you know, wants him, like, let's go. Like, that was one of those. Uh, which then leads to both benches clearing, uh, and Cassianos ends up getting a two-game suspension. So, there's a lot of... What is this right or is this wrong? Uh, and I say that because so Chris Rose, uh, he was former host of Intentional Talk on MLB Network. He posted this video uh, yesterday, I believe, and I watched it. And it try and make some money. yeah, there he goes talking. Um, it was a very interesting point though that he brings up. So basically, Cassianos appeals his suspension, uh, and his appeal gets upheld. So Cassianos has to. Um, serve his two-game suspension, and Chris Rose makes publishes this video basically saying, uh, you know, Cassianos, yada, yada. He explains the Cassianos story. Uh, but in the Dodgers and Padres series this weekend, there was a lot of, of high energy and, and bad blood, right, between these two teams, uh, you know, the, the, the perennials of the National League West, uh, you know, who is it going to be in the World Series? Either the Dodgers or the Padres. You know, that's we'll see what happens there. But these are the two quote unquote best teams in baseball facing off against each other for the first time this year. Uh, and there was an incident where uh, one of the batters on on the Padres basically started chirping at the pitcher Santana on the Dodgers, 
and they got pretty close to each other, started chirping. And next thing you know, the whole benches start clearing. Um, so you have this, this benches clearing brawl or not brawl, but you know, the bench is cleared. No one was fighting, but everyone's up in their face. Uh, and, and, you know, supposedly the, the reason why Castellanos is suspended, uh, is because MLB cited health and safety protocols as the rationale for the suspension. Um, this is according to Jeff Passan. This is from a Sports Illustrated article. So their MLB is basically saying that Castellanos um, is suspended because his actions led to uh, the breaking of health and safety protocols. But what is the difference between what Castellanos did and what happened with the Dodgers and Padres? I mean, they were still chirping at each other, and the bench is cleared. There's literally no difference other than there was no flexing on home plate. Uh, and then Chris Rose goes on to talk about how um, the video, this 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 highlighted video of the, Padre, the Padres and the Dodgers um, benches clearing situation, uh, that there's the, the MLB logo on the video, uh, therefore, which means, you know, MLB has seen this video and is, is published, like it's on their website. Um, so he makes a valid point of, you know, there, there hasn't been any suspensions, uh, that were made in the Dodgers and Padres series. And so what's the difference? Um, so I don't know. I just, I, you know, I, I felt that there was very much, um, an, an interesting point as the video accidentally plays there. Uh, I thought it's an interesting point that he brings up. Um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, handing out um, discipline and, and disciplining players and, you know, essentially what or this early on in the season, you know, what is that difference? Um, so I don't know. I, I'm just curious that I thought that video uh, definitely stimulated some of my thoughts and you can go watch it for yourself. It's like a minute and a half video. Go to Chris Rose's Twitter page. Uh, and if you have your own thoughts on you know, how is this going to play out throughout this season? Um, you know, are teams less likely to sort of get in the face of one another because of one of COVID, but also, uh, you know, with, with in terms of discipline uh, and, and breaking these uh, health and safety protocols? I think it's a very interesting topic. Uh, and if you feel the same way, definitely feel free to reach out uh, and let's chat and possibly we can even get you on an episode. I don't remember the last time a Tigers pitcher, a Tigers starting pitcher, pitched into the eighth inning. Uh, well, it was Matthew Boyd this weekend, and truthfully, it probably was either Matthew Boyd or Spencer Turnbull, uh, either starter who pitched into the eighth inning. Uh, but Matthew Boyd is really making a name for himself again. Um, he's quietly one of the most underrated pitchers in baseball, uh, he was more of a household name back in 2019, um, especially the first half of 2019. The second half, not so much. Um, but for the longest time, he was this quote-unquote, you know, trade chip. Do, are the Tigers rebuilding around him still? Do they want to get rid of him? You know, what's the story with Matthew Boyd? That's still a little bit up in the air in terms of what do the Tigers want to do with Boyd, especially this time around. Um, he's a handful of starts into the season, but already he's looking like solid. I mean, his stuff is for, for a lengthy lefty. I mean, he's not, he doesn't blow up the radar guns by any means. It's his ability to mix in his pitches, uh, and, you know, work off of the off speed and establish his fastball. Uh, and it's, it's interesting cause he doesn't throw that hard, but he racks up the strikeouts, 
Uh, you got to believe that Chris Fetter, the Tigers' new pitching coach, where uh, he's being highly talked about these days, um, you got to imagine he's got something to do with it. But Matt Boyd is just pitching his heart out. And you wonder, well, are the Tigers, are they going to try and, and see a future with Boyd uh, and build it around him? I mean, he's been with his team since 2014, I believe. Um, so he's been around. And it, it never felt like, or never really seemed like he was going to be the guy. I think for a while it was it was Michael Fulmer after his rookie of the year, and we saw just how good he was. It was like, okay, Michael Fulmer is the starting pitcher. He's the ace of this team for the future. And this is before we drafted Casey Mize and yada, yada, yada. Um, but Matthew Boyd uh, had this streak of 101 homerless batters um, to begin the year. He briefly had passed uh, Clayton Kershaw, who went 98 batters without a homer allowed this year uh, for the longest such stretch among MLB starters. Boyd led AL pitchers with 15 home runs allowed last year and 39 in 2019. Uh, this is according to MLB.com, their stats of the day. So Matthew Boyd hadn't given up a homer in 101 innings. Or, sorry, 101 batters. Um, feels like 101 innings, though, I mean, the way he's pitching. Uh, against Oakland, he went seven innings, allowed four hits, two earned runs, then one homer, um, five strikeouts. His ERA sits at 2.03. Uh, and he's pitching for the Detroit Tigers. So, right, what does this mean going forward? Do we keep Boyd? Do we trade him at the deadline? Um, the short answer is I don't know because we don't know how long this is going to keep up. Uh, you know, what is the impact that Chris Fetter is having on um, this, this starting rotation? And things are going to look a little more interesting with Spencer Turnbull entering the mix, uh, and Tarek Skubal is... It's not H.J. Hinch didn't rule out that he won't be a starter. Uh, he's going to be in sort of a piggyback role, and it's a little bit to be determined um, with his role in the next coming weeks. Uh, but Spencer Turnbull, I mean, he was the opening day starter of 2020. Um, he, we, we know just how good Spencer Turnbull can be. Uh, and unfortunately, he's been out due to COVID reasons, but uh, he's going to be back in this rotation starting this series this week against Pittsburgh, uh, which unfortunately the weather doesn't look good. And by the time this is out, this today's episode is released, um, it might have snowed last night. It's supposed to snow. So we'll see. Uh, weather is not looking too hot, but nothing that Turnbull isn't used to. Um, there, I, I also had read that it is likely that Tarek Skubal will pitch um, after Spencer Turnbull's outing. Uh, because Turnbull's not going to pitch, you know, five, six, seven innings. He might go four innings, uh, and then you bring in Scooble for a couple of innings. See how he does as a middle relief guy. Uh, Daniel Norris's last outing, I believe, was against Houston. It was not great. Uh, the, the bullpen, too, is a little shaky. When you look at this uh, pitching staff in general, um, Michael Fulmer pitched great as a starter in the game against Houston. Uh, Jose Urena looked really good this weekend against Oakland. Um, but our bullpen is just tough. Um, we called up Joe Jimenez, and <laughs> because we are bringing up Spencer Turnbull, we have to send someone back down. It's very likely that that person will be Joe Jimenez. Uh, and it's 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 just an unfortunate situation with him because he was an all-star at one point in time. I mean, he was looked at as the closer of the future, a guy with, you know, 9,900-mile-an-hour-plus stuff. Uh, and he was 
decent for a certain point of time, but he just it hasn't clicked with him. I mean, he walked the bases loaded the other day. His, he's it's just it's sad to see realistically, and I don't think there is a bright future when it comes to Joe Jimenez uh, and this team unless something clicks because we haven't seen anything great from him last year and so far this year you know he started in the minors and we called him up we gave him a shot and it looks like nothing's really changed um Gregory Soto you know it was unfortunate to see that ninth inning play out the way it did against Oakland um I still believe that he is the the closer for this team AJ Hinch is kind of finicky when it comes to establishing roles uh, and titles of this team. Uh, I mean, Brian Garcia looked great um, coming in against Houston the other day. Tigers trying to protect a three-run lead in the ninth inning. He he comes in with a bases loaded, no-out situation, gets out of it unscathed, doesn't allow a run. Um, that is the most pressure one closing pitcher can face uh, you know, coming out of the bullpen and having to face bases loaded, nobody out situation. So the the bullpen is shaky. Uh, the on the other hand, though, this this pitching rotation the uh, it doesn't look too bad. I mean, Matthew Boyd is is very clearly leading the way. Um, I'm interested to see what Casey Mize is going to do this week. So let's take a look at uh, some of the matchups for this week. Weather permitting, obviously, because it doesn't look too hot. Um, we got to do some skipping here. So tomorrow, Spencer Turnbull uh, pitches against the Pirates, and then we have Jose Arena followed by it is TBD. Uh, okay, so basically, <laughs> looking at this now, the Tigers only have Arena uh, and Turnbull slotted for the next two games, uh, and then oh, the Royals come to town. Let me go on. So that's weird because I kept seeing these ads for the, it was like a StubHub ad or a Tigers ad. It was like yeah, the the Pirates, the Cubs, the Yankees are coming to town, and I don't see that. I mean, Kansas City comes into town for the first time this season. Then we go to play Chicago, and then we're on the road against the Yankees. So that is the weirdest thing. Those ads, I guess, were pretty misleading. Um, well, that's interesting. But you got to figure, okay, the Tigers are playing, you know, the Royals and the White Sox, and any time the Tigers play anybody in the division, uh, it's there's a lot more on the line because they are in your division. Um, Kansas City, I think, is surprising a lot of people this year. Currently, they're in first place. Um, they're 9-6. and six. The White Sox haven't necessarily been playing as great uh, as, I guess, they were hyped up to be. But the Royals look pretty good. I mean, offensively, uh, they are just crushing the ball. And... I don't know, man. Something about Jorge Soler, I just think he is – there's talk about trading him, the Royals getting rid of him, um, because the Royals are kind of in a, in a situation similar to the Tigers. Like both these teams have been rebuilding, and the Royals were a little more uh, lenient when it came to making moves uh, this offseason. They traded for Andrew Benintendi. They went ahead and signed uh, Carlos Santana, who is struggling uh, but they have a lot of guys are really making a name for themselves. Jacob Junis is pitching really well. Um, he had a, a, a scoreless streak, uh, but I think he that was broken up in his last outing. But Junis is looking really good. Uh, shout out Jacob Junis for those of you who know. Um, but it's it's very interesting uh, how the American League Central has played out so far. Uh, the Cleveland Indians, Shane Bieber. I mean, he's just putting up historic numbers. 
uh, you're expecting, you know, the the same quote unquote season uh, for him that we've seen in the past, similar to like a Jacob deGrom. It's like every year, those guys, you expect nothing less. It's just the same thing, even better. Uh, Minnesota six and eight. They, the twins really aren't looking that great either. Uh, of course though, when, you know, they come to town and they play the Tigers, sure. Everyone's homering and Nelson Cruz can't be stopped. And, uh, you know, it is what it is, but right now the American league central, uh, definitely looks a little bit interesting, uh, and, and not exactly what people had planned or uh, projected when you have the Royals on top. So that wraps up today's episode. Uh, real quick, something that I wanted to mention that I haven't mentioned yet on this podcast, and that is worth mentioning. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if you can leave reviews on Spotify, uh, but if you guys don't mind, if you listen to this show on Apple Podcasts, if you could leave me a review, um, it, it, there is like a five-star rating. It's pretty easy. You can just tap five stars, uh, and you can also physically type out a review. Uh, if you go to the bottom, of the homepage for Motor City Hardball. You'll see it says ratings and reviews. Um, I already have a handful of ratings uh, and one review from AZ. Shout out to her. But uh, thank you guys for listening and tuning in each and every week. Uh, Truly, it means a lot. If you are interested in joining the show, if you would like to be a guest on Motor City Hardball, please feel free to reach out. Uh, Otherwise, new episodes are out every Wednesday at 3 o'clock. I'm Brandon Rothenberg, and we'll see you guys next week.